Gillian was born out of a sense of mission that uh, we felt that things weren't happening and we got in there and did them. And our mission is that the Irish language and culture would be in the forefront, in the mainstream, and that we would provide the opportunity to give people the resources that they need in order to come on board because all kinds of uh, reports that have been done on uh, public attitudes indicate that the groundswell of, of, of goodwill is there. And I know that people are showing an interest and that they, they need a helping hand and uh, that people need to, to feel that there's a place for them uh, in Pubble and Gaelga. And that's what, what Gaelian has succeeded in doing over the years. And particularly with, with the people who are taking the first faltering steps, be they adult learners or uh, people in schools, that we give them a context and a framework where they can use Irish with confidence and that they can come, come to love it. Another aspect of Gaelian's uh, work, which is often overlooked, is the the employment which they gave nation, nationwide. Uh, in, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, there would have been at least up to 100 employed full-time all over the country. And uh, we would have probably about 2,000 agents. And then the, the part-time knitters, people that were working on records, people that made records, people working on drama, people working on scholarships, and people working part-time on Slogo etc, etc. Uh, Gaelin gave great employment. Before Gaelin came along, as regards traditional singing in Irish, the picture was very, very bleak. Irish traditional singing was to be heard uh, on the odd programme of Radio Éireann, Gaeltacht programmes, really, of Radio Éireann. But by and large, most people in the country didn't know what Irish traditional singing was and accompanied Irish traditional singing was in the Irish language and Gaelin made this material available to them for the first time. Three don't see their father is a greener grow a lehid agus Gaelin on ho father son skinating grow kera agriot Prif agriwch yn eirin ffwyno yn son, yn aglwys chatslicwch, comynwch las gweil, ffyn y ffoel agos gweilin. Fy sydd chow mŵr son. Fy sydd y meil y phobl yn tom y ffad. Padrigo Bwyl, one of Gaelin's earliest employees. In February 1953, at a meeting of the Kochajrev, uh, that's the inter-university Gaelic societies, that a motion was put forward to run an Irish football pool to obtain finances to promote various schemes for the good of the Irish language. It was Donald O'Molan who, who proposed this motion and uh, he, he felt that there was an opening for a new, vibrant organisation that would have new ideas and more modern ideas to promote the language on on a national basis. And uh, thus, Gaelin started in Dublin in April 1953. And uh, Seamus McCrossan from um, Muff or Tewer in Donegal, he, he was appointed by by the Kohadrif as the national organiser of, of the pool. 
Gaelin was based on the results of Gaelic Gaelic games, uh, football hurling and camogie. And uh, the results of the games on a Sunday were, first of all, given to us by uh, the Irish News Agency. And but then uh, Sean O'Callaghan and Sean Ogwe Callaghan, they, they started. And it was Muchery Callaghan that uh, gave us the results every Sunday night uh, up until we formed a private membership draw in 1979. Gaelin were op- operating under trustees uh, Martin O'Kine, Shadow uh, Sheehan, Egan Briscoe, uh, Mara Vranach, and uh, Donald O'Moran as chairman. Uh, uh, although O'Moran was chairman, he wasn't he wasn't a full time employee of the, of the organisation at that time. It was ten or twelve years afterwards that he came in in the capacity as uh, general manager. Some of the first schemes were, were, were scholarships to three-month scholarships to the Gaeltacht, which uh, were, were very popular, and uh, they were sent to Donegal, Galway, and, and, and Kerry. They stayed there for three months. They stayed in one, one, one child in each house and went to the national, to the local school, and, and so on. Towards the end of '54, Donald O'Brien offered me a, a job as uh, organizer in Ulster. And as I had been over there on a few, uh, up, and, up in the north on a few occasions doing a bit of organising, I, I realised that there was a great potential there to, to develop Galen. So I went to the north and I stayed there until 1970. In, in, in the north, we, um, we, apart from running the, the three-month scholarships, we, we also uh, initiated a two-month scholarship scheme for secondary schools. Uh, the standard of Irish in, in the secondary schools at that time was very, very high in the north, unbelievably high. And um, we, we gave a gold medal to the winner and a two-month scholarship and a silver medal to the second place. And um, I think there was 10 or 12 scholarships to, to the Donegal Gaelta. Today, the chief executive of Galen is Antonia O'Culline. So once they had the money in, uh, they were then able to carry out their uh, ambitions and the projects they had in mind, you know, which covered a vast area from Gaeltacht enterprises at a time when there was no state department for the Gaeltacht to bringing drama and music to the cities and towns where a divide, a gulf had opened up between the tradition of the Gaeltacht and the uh, urban dweller, so that in a sense what Gaelin has always sought to do is to modernise Irish to, to to bring it into the mainstream of just uh, the where the action is, that, that's where Gillian wants to be. Nicholas Carolyn of the Traditional Music Archive explains the importance of Gaelin in the world of traditional music. Their earliest uh, toe into the water would be about 1953 when they began a radio programme, a sponsored radio programme, that would be a weekly 15-minute programme to uh, chiefly publicise the football pools, the, the linta, uh, and also the activities of Uncle Kaidruv. Uh, but they needed music to, to fill in between the, the ads and, of course, at that time there just wasn't uh, enough material suitable, that is to say, uh, singing in Irish, whether traditional or non-traditional, and uh, instrumental music, usually solo instrumental music. So, in fact, they had to start a programme of recording on acetate disc, 
acetates being the sort of temporary, short-lived discs that were used as the forerunners of uh, tape recording. And they were 40s, early 50s uh, kind of technology. And um, they built up a considerable body of this material and obviously the thought eventually came and why not issue some of this material uh, commercially. Well, Graylin brought to attention two singers in particular, and they made, they became stars really through the publishing activities of Graylin and the other activities, the other promotional activities. And they would be Sean Gonica and Joseph O'Haney, uh, two Connemara singers. Um, Sianna Gunnica starred at the first Iha Sianna in 1956 and O'Haney the next year in 1957 and they were the two singers that were in the first issue of uh, the recordings and they were singing songs that we, we still would know well like Ban Fojin was, was the first song on the first disc sung by uh, Sianna Gunnica there was always, uh, if you like, a Gaeltacht stream. Uh, people who were interested in the raw bar, in the unaccompanied, uh, unadorned, you might say, uh, traditional singing and in the solo instrumental music, and then in the highly arranged and highly trained renditions of, of uh, Irish language uh, song. And these greatly catered for these two streams side by side, really, because no sooner had they brought out the first six 78s, which were of the Gaeltacht type, than they began uh, publishing on long playing discs. And here you had the Radio Aaron Light Orchestra, you had Tommaso Suluwine, the tenor, uh, accompanied on the piano by Sean Arrieta, who had arranged uh, the songs according, as I say, to the norms of, of classical music. So the two things were going on uh, side by side. You had, I suppose, an intermediate kind of thing, which would be represented by Cabaret Gaelin, which was popular entertainment, directed at first, at any rate, at, at the tourist industry and CIE hotels, but broadened out to the general public after that. So you had, in fact, a spectrum, and it, it just reinforces the fact that Gaelin are a language promotional agency and not a music promotional agency, so that the music of any kind is the medium, if, if suitable, a medium for, for promoting the language and using the language in normal, everyday life. The 
they did marvellous work and they published and they gave a, a status to Irish traditional music apart from other things. And, and RTE, of course, uh, worked very well with them. And I think RTE helped a long way because they were uh, broadcasting the records that Gwailin uh, published. And they're still coming out, of course. Uh, Gwailin did, and they're still doing great work. <laughs> The Eamthi Shanachash Storytelling Nights uh, was originated initially uh, by Marching O'Kine too. Uh, this was the idea of um, bringing artists, storytellers, singers, dancers, musicians from the Delta area for a week to the Demer Hall in Dublin. Uh, the Demer was a, was a hall uh, that was leased by Gaelin to promote uh, Gaelic, Gaelic drama. And it was in that hall that uh, Anne Shriel and other plays by Sean O'Toole and so on were produced. And uh, they had at, at one, one stage uh, also a, a full-time uh, producer there, uh, Princess McGermott. The major success, of course, would be on Giel, uh, which was written by Brendan Behan, in, originally in Irish. Uh, it became more famous uh, in an English adaptation, really, rather than a translation, as The Hostage. But the original uh, play was, was a very fine piece of work, and it, it stands to this day. Uh, the other one, of course, would be On Triel by uh, Maria de Nigrada. So, through the drama, Gwailin brought the general public into touch with the language. Again, we're talking about pre-television, so people didn't have an opportunity uh, to encounter Irish in, in, in entertaining situations, in real-life situations. It was something that people learned in school or that they had forgotten from way back. And here it was being presented, again, in the mainstream. So that Gwailin, for many years, ensured that there was an Irish play in the Dublin Theatre Festival, something that hasn't happened for some years. And it's something that I think that uh, Gwailin will be looking at again seriously in the future. On one occasion we actually commissioned a play and that was Spalpina Rune by Sean O'Reilly, you know, with the music which O'Reilly wrote for it as well. Uh, but I was talking about the Hinti Shanahash, the, 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 the first had a, a group from Kerry and from Connemara. I remember that's the first time I met Shaw Henny and Robert McGoran asked me to go to Karna and bring himself and a few others over. Uh, that may be 19, possibly 1956 or so. Uh, the Yimdi Shanahash continued for five, six, seven years, I think, and the Damer Hall was packed, packed every night for two or three weeks that they were there. The filmmaker Louis Marcus spent many years involved in Gaelin's filmmaking. For my chance, Ronnie Gobbert, the Gaelin Marcoon Thor, the George Morrison, the Gobbert and Shin Ermishaira Agassisha. Now, job Tres Cordo in Snacarthrana, a food in the Horpa, Agus, the picture of Shin, Intacha, Shan Nuotskanain, a Fiocamach, a Thor Lergas, Air Ering, O 
hus on Kate agus gamorvor er um, er on equivalent uh, the nesplachas via shul agus near swinig ain your division gamechale his few on own agus lefek or agus the khushile kale and valach ane faktul agus marzol doing her fad but as son a dialig le shona riada kluogus kale wintermach sortmer hamador hamador na shunach Assume that Donald Amorain and Bob McGorain and of course George Morrison himself knew what they were up to or believed very strongly in Misha Ada. When Sean O'Reilly saw it the first time, of course it was silent and he had to put his music to it, I could see the excitement he had. Um, but I think it was, it came like a thunderclap to the public at large, partly because we'd heard so much about the War of Independence in 1916 and all the rest of it. And here, all of a sudden, you actually saw it happening. And you saw the people of the period, the De Valeras, the Michael Collinses, in action on the screen. The impact was just astounding. And at that period, people were not used to seeing historical programmes on TV. We didn't have any TV at that stage. Um, that was one thing about it. The other thing was, of course, the fact that, you see, the cinema distributors, the film distributors, funked it. They did not believe that it was worth their while showing this film in the cinemas around the country. And as far as I remember, I wasn't intimately involved, but from the sidelines, I think what Gaelin did was they did it as a road show. In other words, they had to buy out the cinemas for the week everywhere. They had to risk their money. And it worked, as far as I know, because people went in their droves. The schools, of course, went in their droves. There are people walking around now today who remember seeing Mishaera in short trousers. And um, it had a huge impact on people. For me, it was not only a hugely exciting thing to be involved in such a... Well, in any film, any Irish film, particularly such a successful one, but it also opened my eyes, and I think those of a lot of young people, to 
Irish history in the 20th century because you didn't get to that part of the course in school. There was a kind of unspoken sort of coyness. Well, now, we won't go into 1916 and the War of Independence because, you know, you might have to go into the Civil War after that. And it was just amazing to have it so vividly told in front of your very eyes. I couldn't exaggerate their importance. You see, the very fact of Misha Eira and Saoirse and the tremendous trouble that George Morrison had in raking up these snippets of newsreel in archives all over Europe, he got a tremendous amount. But how much else was lost that we cannot see? Um, in other countries had and preserved their newsreels from the turn of the 19th century. And now, of course, you can see on TV, and for years you've been seeing on the BBC and other stations, 13 hours, the world at war, you know, the 50s, whatever it is, they have reams and reams of newsreel material. We had no regular Irish newsreel until Avergaeron. Sir Frederick Rowan Fabul. Screenshot of the Gustavian Ross, Lord of China, Rattling Jack on Tussie. Achajena Sean Scribet are two sorts Sir Frederick of his flogging reel of his Egashin the Tom Ross. Bromer and Slower, a Hoha Sir George Buggy, Agasir flogging reel or no, a Fulton Curran, no Barney O'Rahel, Uchtron and Common Corsola. And at the time, I must admit, like all these things, like maybe the newspapers that we throw out the morning afters, you didn't really, uh, you didn't realise the significance. Now, you look back, and when I had to go through all sort of, 250 issues or whatever it is, I realised the wealth of material, the range, not just the sport, the social life, the comedy items, the novelty items the tragic items, the social consciousness that it showed every now and then, the tenements collapsing in Dublin and killing children, the, the political events. You can weave a complete picture of Ireland in the second half of the 50s and the first half of the 60s from it. And, of course, the wonderful thing is that that was the period of transition from the De Valera Ireland to the Lamas Ireland, it made us what we are today, for better or for worse, and it's all there before your very eyes. It is one of the great resources of this country in terms of its history, and happily, it's all now safely ensconced in the Irish Film Archive. <laughs> It's the end of Nigarskanine. Er dusch winnemer pel agus Christi ring rachjan er chlichigwelche agus egenamson vir Nigarskanine lefail 
er klarer i de pictorerne, en enig lesjon featurefilm Moore, Agusson son, om den kan nå hjertet for Rhapsody of a River, Lekjol, Heini, Riada, Agus Antinne, den Kamora effigul, de Kregge Blian, Eirne Machnikaske, Agus Anson, vi er on nuortskanan dunesias, kassuil de nuortskanan er fuden dauen, Tosk Tjonacher Nitelifische, Vian Mudle Fekail on Rihishin, near view Vehafanacht, Kuplala, Lenia Ekail, Sefiktorin. So Marshin, near Vion, Vion Tadagutshin, Orain de Gueltach, the Lefile, Agus Vishit Sasta, E. Hjort, the Gyaskan on the Wine, E. Ritnebliana. So Hossamurunshin on Hirtkian or Rinamar na Flakioil, it's Irene Gahanawalesh, Agus Kapalology, Agus Marshin. Agus Anson kuru stop nishan jontos agan rain nir hulamisha ken fa ni higim shafos ken fa ach de beshin on on point jeranach via gailin le jontos nuskana shaftorti where people had been used to going to the cinema and looking at the Pathé and Universal newsreels to see what hat the Queen wore at Ascot or whatever, they were now able to see clips from All-Ireland finals and from the stole races and the last host tram and whatever. This was at a time when we didn't have television in the country, so this was the opportunity for people all over the country to actually see on the big screen and hear a commentary of things that had happened the previous week. And that was a major feat, uh, even in, uh, in, in technical terms, that they were able to shoot the footage and that it had to go to London to be processed, come back here to be edited and back to London again for finishing and be brought back all within a week. You know? So that was a major breakthrough. And the impact of film such as Misha Era on the general public and on the consciousness of the, of the nation, I think, is something that, that uh, history writers have actually commented on and that the most recent uh, publication would be the, the Encyclopedia of Ireland and Galen comes in for notable mention there. And the two areas that they uh, highlight uh, particularly are the music and film and the impact that we had on the, on the popular culture. <laughs> Marcin O'Shiel of Galen was once the manager of their youth festival, Slogo. Because there was that huge element of fun, uh, the very relaxed atmosphere, the anything-goes atmosphere, that uh, when they were in the Irish-language milieu, that they were acquiring it unbeknownst themselves, and what better way to acquire any language skills than in that kind of an environment? We can remember days when it was difficult to make your way through the hotels of the particular town we happened to be in because they were thronged with people and there were sessions here and sessions there all over the place, in corridors, even up in bedroom corridors you'd hear music and you'd try to step your way gently round so as not to disturb. Uh, and there was that great environment and it was 
where the language was hugely acceptable to anybody and everybody. And nobody was making a comment, I think very importantly, on a person's fluency or a person's ability. And that people felt comfortable in using whatever they had, no matter how back to front it might happen to be. And that, to me, was the great achievement of Sloga. And I think, I think Sloga added an awful lot to the turnaround of attitude that has happened over the past 30, 40 years to the language. Is Queen Lumsantam Shin, Har Kerilach Mortish Grev, Gumahoskun and Devi Ladina Og a dollar stacha, Agashin Gantrach there. Na kamortish navar dan mar hokti orhish na kamortish ali na gus liter hokus mar shinde. So dinim shemak garimershe tonakar anavor, and then ma kini intulesh fei na kamortish ay tula gus regionacha vimar atashtr na tira vimar anaitna kofado huiga gus tira portlanon gidora gus vimar kofado yasle. Kirkig Lock Garman, Vimmer and Dun Garvan, Vimmer and Sedangan, you know, Vimmer Foot Nahaita, Irgaltakus Gailtak, the Tashnatira, Gaskahai to Raifa, the Kurti Falta Anavor Road. Agus is Queen Lumsikamilk, Anomirter Fad, Ider Balti, Tinpanaheran, Ferrandavetti, Shinga Harint, Egamalishin. Vikan Vikan Spridon, Vikan Krakon, Nurakinian to Erin Erdnodakus, Nurakinian to Ernadini, a Demic Treed. Darno tan the high more lehedi clanad a husig or sloga. Akus queen lumsa lehedi limo mainly because we have no brain and because it's an adulty scholar. A tacht read. The machine tonaker lesh mar nurahanic dinner go sloga, groder non eva better enandol harnatorin rugby, revither non better nismo the soliot no einschrock outside. Vimmer Lurg interpretations nua uha, better nox guilfi doiv in itena ella. Niromeralo kadahinadish, nu conasahinadish eh. Augusma vidin and antakuing le rod nu nu erfad, bavoa handshelling. Augusma yin sloga rudder be dun kyol estolinger bin an itener dinagay. That an interest in Galen's music has also led sometimes to an interest in the Irish language has been noticed by language teacher Anya Ichorain. We would have uh, people who had never come in contact with the language who were either here on some sort of a short study uh, and generally speaking it would be archaeology or possibly music. It wouldn't necessarily be the language that they're studying. you would also get then people who had married Irish men or for one reason or another were settled here and possibly wanted to be able to, to help their children with their homework. It was as simple and neat as that. A lot of the foreigners have come through the music, uh, you know, Clannad and Alton, and they are responsible for bringing a lot of people into our language classes. From time to time we get archaeologists who realise that it would be uh, an advantage uh, to, to have some sort of, of basic knowledge of the language. 
Then, as well as that, you get people who went through the school system but think they've forgotten it all, uh, and again, who are now finding that their children are catching up with them or passing them out, and they can't allow that to happen. Uh, the whole Grail Scullina movement uh, has brought quite a few people in, and then you have the the youngish, uh, wealthy people who have more disposable income than, than some of us would have had at that age and who are very well used to going abroad but have realised that they do not like it. They don't like it being taken for granted that they're English. And the only thing that, that will differentiate is the language. So they come, and I must say, generally speaking, somebody who has come that route, they're enthusiastic and they're eager to learn and... Um, they're intelligent and they're well motivated and really a pleasure to, to deal with. Um, the people who would possibly have problems would be people of an older generation again, you know, people who would say to me, it's 40 years since I did the Leaving Cert. Uh, and they, it can take a little while to convince them that even though some of the class might be 20 years younger than them, quite possibly they'll find somebody 10 years older as well. And I've never come across anybody who didn't say after the first uh, session or so, you were right, it's perfectly all right. Uh, with the development of the transition year uh, in uh, post-primary schools, uh, teachers, particularly Irish teachers, were looking for activities uh, that were outside of the curriculum but at the same time connected to the curriculum that they could involve their students in. And we hit upon the idea that if we could uh, produce a module uh, that would concern itself with media studies, uh, that that might be of interest, that that would be the carrot, if you like, for our students. And we've come up with this um, module. We now have two modules. Uh, one is a general taster module where we uh, introduce and inform the transgender students about whether it's the print, media, radio, television. We talk to them about things like cameras, how cameras work and how work is done and that sort of thing, uh, they get to take a, a microphone in their hands and go out and talk to people on the street. And then if they come back for the second module, they produce a 20-minute radio programme. And this is all done as Gaelge. And again, it's not specifically for schools that, uh, schools that teach through Irish, it's for all schools. And the vast majority of schools that come into us are schools where Irish is just a subject. Gwilin uh, has identified its its core market, if you like, as being the learners of Irish, speakers of Irish and people interested in Irish culture. And that's the area that we, we want to, to hone in on. So when we're talking about learners, we will provide them with courses, teacher self-courses. Uh, we will provide resources for teachers and schools posters and so on, which there is a dearth of, in spite of, you know, government policy and, you know, government agencies and so on, the material is still not reaching the schools. So we're going to step in there and get the material out. And because we are a small organisation, we decide what our objectives are and we can do a, a very quick turnaround on, on a lot of our own projects. In terms of Irish speakers, uh, you know, we, have, we have 3D, uh, we have the headquarters building here, and it's something that we're going to extend further because in terms of products, uh, high technology, CD-ROM type products, which young people can use for entertainment as much as for, for learning, uh, unknown to themselves perhaps. 
In terms of general culture, uh, I see huge potential in the film stock which Gwilin has going back over 40 years, 45 years. Uh, for example, the Auric Aaron material, the newsreel, we're currently looking at having that digitised and that will be made available on DVD. Uh, for example, Misha Era is still only available as uh, it's on, it's on uh, VHS and it can be shown in cinemas, but there is no DVD of it. It hasn't been cleaned up and digitised, remastered. That's something that I'm looking at. And uh, I think that there are world markets there available for material which is Irish-related. I think it can serve to draw people into the language. I think that uh, you can't do a cold call. I think you have to have something that will attract people in. And Gwilin sees the Irish language as being very much part of a, a package, if you like, which includes the, a, a broad Irish culture and that music is, is very central to that. Screwed the egg and cigar the Shihan and was a stager of Ishayanov. Tashid Anish and could just more Fadaku Ayanu Shakurwilo Ayanux, Gurwilo Maestrothailer and Sanga. August Shilamian Gurkur Koradohishin. Galen have recently extended their publication of CDs to include CD ROMs, as Dahio Duffy explains. Again, for, for a number, quite a number of years, um, we've been supporting if you like, the work of teachers with activities and opportunities to use Irish with slogan and debates and various activities for young people. But the standard, as the standard of Irish has dropped in schools, we are now trying to help the teacher in a more practical way within the actual classroom, in the actual teaching of Irish. And we're producing a whole range of um, teaching aids. And again, using... Uh, the traditional books and paper, but we're also using the new technology in that we're producing CD-ROMs. So we we will have Irish language activities, we will have maths activities and science activities. And we'll have the maths activities in Irish and in English and the science activities in Irish and English. So these CD-ROMs will be available and will be useful for um, both the Gaelskoil and for the mainstream schools. Hogan Pilota, Marain La Bal Nafornia, Agus Pashinieri, Rochish Donapolini. Hogshit Kershis Erin Achtre, Agus Erin Ginyal. The new venture into educational CD ROMs joins more traditional activities organised in Galen by Shano Kelly. Thank you, Mortis Deesport, the Fossil Gulareg, Bichos Gurin Bidachre, Arah Ernerilahi, Ach, and Thank you, Mortis Gulareg, Gabra. Ta comortas nu vegin the groupi tradition to kyol agus araniyta ara de gumit shiense agustan vem insan comortasha er cardlena bien lehdi mara branach agus mary bergen agus mary newenis dinigan khaidanchen to gintid cardlena gunadin groupi harnashach er comortas soni vienen an gne comortas udan mas mandat gadin derer fad uh, 
agus dentar lervas dorat or hakarkalor agus brunter gradam ernigane is far in snishon or fat ach marlerim nilin show a one a gunyavin show ella is you know ta dervas dor banu or fat agus brunnen with gradam agus narivi kuikin the eight having a foot natira dov shoot tan a fail to sport artidagan dalti or great scalini agus bunskalini great of telikela agus kavanashid hariha agus ganagrita canal blitz pella Haran Dalla. Shin is talking in the Kinua is So, what of Galen today, the organisation led for much of the last 50 years so ably by Donal O'Moran and Robert McGoran? What now are the priorities and the aims? Antonia O'Kulain. Gorbi an Gaeltacht an an Casas Prani, agus sa Gaeltacht a hosi Gaelin a chuid scéimin an chéadla. Sa Gaeltacht fuilear an rud is mhóthar bunagin na Gael Colasti Sauriagin, agus tab gaithian a chéin in Gaeltachti, Gael Cúna vic Chastal wahagagair, chéin an Gaeltacht ar nachlein begun dhuibh agus imalivúrnia, gur Gaeltachti biaga iad. An dar rud darlamsa gaghamid agóni an Gael chinnál ilaraneni, chéin rud a tajenta gapatenta a Gaelin a húsama. Ní ganach sé cúis duine go mbeadh an Gaelge ar an imel nó sa dara áit ar vallachar be dar linne go grúchian an clár aibreat a gente a gúinne le caoga bliana nós go bhfuil fáilte ag an mórfabal ríbh an Gaelge má chuirtear in a láthaire ar vallach atá tanivach agus ienan ciall don seal atá chaitheab acha agus bhuaigh linne a bheith ábalta frastal ar na hela drémar hagan sí suas tá muidne salúpa tá chachtagin ar arigat ardha agus níl muid Kengelton of Wing, Tasirsha or a bunch Legalin. Neil Aurisabe Orange, a will Bunshra Lodger Dangan on Ohev Luktakirta. Ach Ernos Maravian Legenev, a Kolakti Gno and Tamarfad, Kahitu Dull, Agus and Chakrut, a Horawalia, a Rishak's Rish Ella, Ergach Gloon in Yekele, Nifeja Reev Talavslan, a Yenev, Gwilda Animanarj and Shin, Mar, you know, a Goss, Bielana, Niltuach, Komahlish and Flata Jerig, Hurtumach, Agus, you know, Ohev Gwelin. Tashinfirigas, Kirnini, Kursi, Dotogrib Elienimich, Nifedlin, Marachdal, Eran Hoyle, Agus Eran Clu, Achis Fedlin, Togail Er, Agus Evebranu Roin. If you enjoyed this documentary, you might like to listen to our other Documentary on One productions. Visit rte.ie forward slash doc on one.